תזכרו לי שנים רבות, נעימות וטובות. As a rabbi, my schedule doesn't belong to me. My schedule belongs to the people. And uh, that causes me not always to be on time. <coughs> so, my apologies. But, and they say in America, better late than never. And uh, regardless, I came to say over here tonight, a big hadush. So if you stayed, it'll be worth your while. My obligation as a rabbi is to give dirashot on special Shabbatot of the year. And one of those Shabbatot is Shabbat Shuvah. This the rabbi does not give to anybody else to speak. The rabbi must address the congregation. And it's a big challenge every year to find a new dirashah <coughs> that you didn't say last year. And I happen to be a big fan of old dirashot. I love to open up the books and see what the rabbis were talking 300 years ago, 500 years ago, in Turkey, in Baghdad, in Italy, in the Sephardic communities, or Ashkenaz communities, because these were the masters. And I want to know what their approach was. And a lot of times I just like to take what they said and then say it over because... As much as the world changed, it's still the same. It's still here, it's the same nonsense, it's the same problems. And therefore, whatever they were saying 500 years ago is still relevant till today. <clears throat> this year I got lucky. I found what I believe is the oldest Shabbat Shuvah de Rasha ever given. I found a Dirash that was given over 2,000 years ago by a Tanah, by one of the rabbis of Mishnah. Now, where are you going to find that? <clears throat> now, to me, this has to be the most important dirashah because what is a Tanah going to get up when he gets up on Shabbat Shuvah? What is he going to talk? To me that is the most important speech. And we have pieces of that speech. I just came tonight to repeat it to you, to give my opinion why the rabbi spoke what he spoke and the practical lesson. <clears throat> then I'll wish you a happy holiday and I'll be on my way. <clears throat> But in order to appreciate it, you need to read Gemara Hagiga. Go to Gemara Hagiga. I'm sure, Alex, thank you. Gemara Hagiga, page three. Listen to the story. It is a most fascinating story. There was a rabbi called Rabbi Yoshua. <coughs> Rabbi Yoshua bin Hananiah was also a Tanna, a great rabbi. He got old. He got so old, he couldn't come to the yeshiva anymore. So he was homebound. He lived in a city called Piki'in. I was actually in Piki'in a few months ago. It's where the Bishamon Bar Yochai learned in the cave for 13 years. That's Piki'in. 
there's another tzaddik buried in Pekin, Rabbi Oshaya Ishtiriya. Whoever goes there, they come back with miracles in their pockets. I'll tell you stories one day about Rabbi Oshaya Ishtiriya, buried in Pekin. Anyway, Rabbi Oshua lived in Pekin. He didn't come to the yeshiva for a while, so the rabbis went to visit him. <clears throat> As you'll see from the story, it seems it was this time of year. So Rabbi Yoshua sees the students, Baruch Abba, welcome. So he says, Ma hiddush bebet midrash? What was the hiddush today in the Bet Midrash? What were they saying? So they answer him, they say, Rabbi, we didn't come to teach you, you're the rabbi. We came to hear from you, we live from you, you don't live from us. You see how the old students were? Not like today, everybody that has a hadush, they tell the rabbi, Rabbi, let me tell you a hadush, let me tell you a hadush, let me tell you a hadush. <laughs> they want to teach the rabbi. And then the rabbi says, I have something to tell you, no, I got to go, I'm sorry, I have to go. <laughs> yeah, after he chewed the rabbi's ear off for 15 minutes, and finished, he, 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 he gave his whole hadush, whatever it's worth, and he walks away. In the olden days, the rabbi says, Tell me a hadush. And the students say, Hasbe Shadom, Hasbe Shadom, I'm going to tell you a hadush. We're nothing, I have nothing to say. So the rabbi says, But please, anyway, in Midrash below hadush. There must have been something that was said new. Please tell me. No way, they say. No way. We're not telling the rabbi anything. We came to listen. We didn't come to speak. If you take the letters listen and you switch it around, listen equals silent. The best way to listen is to be silent, not to talk. And therefore, no. So the Bioshima says, these guys, uh, they're too strong. I can't get any Hadushim out of them. So he says, let me try a different tactic. He says, Shabbat Shilmi Haita. Who was the rabbi that spoke this Shabbat? It seems that there was a rotation. So he said, just answer me one question. Which rabbi spoke? Who gave the drashah? So they said, Rabbi Al-Azab bin Azariah. Okay, good, we're getting somewhere. What was his topic? He's trying to get the information. What was his topic? Don't tell me what he said. What was his topic? He spoke about Hakil. Now wait. He spoke about Hakil. Hakil is in Parashat. Vayelech. This week's Parashat. Hakil is the mitzvah after Shemitah, like this year. Everybody has to go to Jerusalem after Shemitah to the Beit HaMikdash, and the king gives a dirashah, it's a big congregation, a big assembly. So that means Rabbi Al-Azhar bin Azariah was giving a dirashah on Shabbat, Parashat Bakil, Bayelech, which is Parashat Bakil, which is Shabbat Shuba. Whenever you read Bayelech, the next Shabbat is, so therefore the Gemara clearly is telling us a speech that was made by a Tana on Shabbat Shuba. So Rabbi Yeshua says, Fine. You told me it's a bit Azab Azariah. You told me the subject is Akim. What did he say? And finally they say, okay, we'll tell you what he said. The Pasuk writes, who has to go to Akim? Anashim. Nashim. Betaf. Men, women, and children. So the Bil Azar got up and he said, Rabbotai, I understand why the men have to go. The men have to go learn. Men are obligated to learn Torah. So they have to go to Akil to hear the Hindushim. Ladies have to go also because they're going to hear about the mitzvot. And the ladies are obligated in a lot of the mitzvot. They're going to teach them the mitzvot. So I understand why the ladies go. But the Bi'il Azab and Azariah asked the million dollar question. Taf, 
But why the children? I mean, the children, first of all, are usually only going to disturb. You know it from the Kines. The children run around, they're playing games, they're making noise, they're jumping from the ceiling, they interrupt. And secondly, even if they be quiet, and even if they sit next to their father like a good boy, they don't understand anything anyway. What the rabbi is saying, they can't repeat it. They have no intellect. They have no obligation. So therefore, why would God say to bring the children? What's the mitzvah to bring the children to an event that they have no uh, 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 connection to? That was his question. So the Yoshua says, what was the answer? What was the answer to the question? He says, well, he answered the following. In order to give reward to the parents that brought them. I'm not sure I understand the answer yet, but that was his answer. Somehow, the parents are going to bring these kids who seemingly have no benefit from the event, but the parents will get some sort of reward. Except, I'm not against reward. That was the Hadush. And that was the theme of the Dirash. What do you think the Yoshua said when he heard this? He turns to them and he says, Margalit ha'ita zot be'yedchem ve'ratzitem le'abedam meni You had such a pearl in your hands like this and you weren't going to tell it to me? He's like, I can't believe it. This is the biggest hadush I've heard. To me, he says, this is Margalit Toba. It's a precious South Sea pearl and you had this in your pocket. And you didn't want to tell me? When I asked you, what's the Hadush? Nah, nothing, nothing. Ah, you tell us. You were trying to play hard to get. You didn't want to tell me this. You were going to deprive me from this. How could you not tell me this Hadush? And I'm asking a simple question. I mean, you heard the Hadush. Nobody fell out of their chairs. I mean, it doesn't sound like a pearl. It doesn't even sound like a cubic zirconia. It doesn't sound like too much. It's a nice hadush. Nice hadush. Okay, very nice. No, nobody's going to come and say, oh, we heard the big hadush. But the Yoshua says, wow, Margarito, is it Margarito, is it? So I'd like to explain this Gemara in two ways, in your honor tonight. One way we said in previous years, but in honor of the event tonight, I'd like to say a new way. <clears throat> the first way we explained it is going to the Benish High. Ask yourself a question. Why bring the children to Hakim? Really, why bring the children? You know what the Benish High says? A big hadush about raising children. He says... Even though they don't understand anything, then the Shama absorbs it all. Although mentally they don't pick up anything, but you put them in the right environment. There's a rabbi giving a dirashah, there's people learning Torah, it's a proper culture, it's a proper atmosphere. You put the kids there, even though they're clueless, they cannot tell you anything what's going on, but they breathe the air. That air is Kodesh. The neshama of those kids are getting infused 
with a charge of Kiddushah, it'll affect them when they grow up. And that's what the Al-Azhar meant when he said, to give reward to the parents. You know what the reward of the parents is going to be? That their children will have Yerat Shammai when they grow up. That's the biggest reward to a parent. When he has children that are on the straight path. And the parents will get a reward for bringing their kids instead of bringing them to the football game, instead of bringing them to the game, instead of bringing them to all the other places, you bring them to Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim. The air is just Avirad air is just Machim. The air makes you smarter. What's going to happen? They'll come to the Knesset. They see a rabbi sitting. They see him learning Torah. They see the boys learning. They ask them what they're seeing. I have no idea. They're too busy throwing the ball. They're too busy making noise. But they're in it. The Benish Chai says, even though mentally they have no concept, but spiritually, the Neshama absorbs. We had a lady in the community. She had a baby. When the baby was born, in those days they didn't have uh, CDs or they had tapes. She took the tapes of Hakam Baruch of the Tehillim and she put it in the crib, played the Tehillim on a loop. 150 chapters every single two hours. Again, the, the kid was raised as an infant just hearing the Tehillim. The kid grows up and the mother is so excited because he has a love of Tehillim. And everybody said, where did your son get a love of the... He's a kid, 15 years old. He reads the Tehillim twice a week. The kid doesn't remember the Tehillim in the, in, the, in the crib. He doesn't even understand it. But it affected his neshama. And anyway, the kid turns out to become a singer. He has Yerat Shammah. And the mother says, that's from the Benish Chai's trick. You just expose the kid to something good, and it'll go in. It seeps in. So this was the Hadush of Nabi Al-Azab and Azariah on Shabbat Shuvah. Bring your children to good places. Let them go to good environment. They'll become better off and you'll get a blessing. Rabbi Yoshua hears this Hiddush. He says, are you kidding? You didn't want to tell me this Hiddush? That's the story of my life, this Hiddush. Mimeni, you're depriving me? Why? The Mishnah says in Perkei Avot, Rabbi Yoshua had a tzaddikin of a mother. What his mother used to do? After she finished nursing him, she would put him in the stroller and wheel him to the Bet Midrash and leave the carriage in the Bet Midrash. As a baby, the Biyoshua used to take his naps and spend his days in the yeshiva. And when he got older, his rabbi, the Hanan, said to him, the Biyoshua, you're a great rabbi. You know why you're a great rabbi? Ashrei Yolato. Fortunate is your mother. And the Biyoshua said to the rabbi, what, what did my mother do? Everybody has a mother. No, your mother used to bring the carriage. But Abu should never understood it. I'm better because my mother brought me when I was an infant. I don't remember anything. I don't understand anything. Why am I better because my mother brought me? What's the difference if she brought my carriage to the Bet Midrash or she brought it to the park? Or she brought it to the garden? It's the same thing. A baby's a baby. But the Bihana said, no. That Torah that you heard as an infant in the Bet Midrash made you better. But Rabbi Yeshua accepted it, but he never had a source for it. And now Rabbi Al-Azab bin Azariah gets up and says, it's a pasuk. You bring the children to Hakel. So Rabbi Yeshua says, what? That's my story. That To me, it's a margalit This is a, a jewel. All my life, I'm trying to understand why my mother did this. And now you're telling me it's a pasuk in the Torah to bring the children 
ורצית לאבדה ממני? You wanted to take this away from me out of all people? I'm the poster child for this Hadush. I'm the biggest commercial for this Hadush. So maybe to us this is not such a margalit. But to Rabbi Yoshua, oh, this is the story of his life. That what we said in previous years. But now I want to say a deeper interpretation based on a different Gemara. There's nothing better to come on Asirim to Shuvan, learn Gemara Yod. This is Gemara The Gemara says in Berachot the following. You know the story. The yeshiva is called Yavne. The chief rabbi, the Rosh Yeshiva, is Rabban Gamliel. Who walks into the yeshiva? Rabbi Yoshua, our rabbi, Rabbi Yoshua, when he was young. Before he moved to Pekin, when he was young, he comes in, and he gets into an argument with Rabbi Rabban Gamliel. He's arguing with the Rosh Hashiva, but he's a rabbi himself, he can argue. Rabban Gamliel was very tough. He didn't want anybody arguing. So he tells Rabbi Yoshua, hey, listen, this is not the first time you argued with me. Go stand in the corner. Now, they put me in the corner in second grade, the Magan David, but not when I was uh, 50 years old. But Rabbi Yoshua was an older rabbi already. But Rabbi Yoshua was tough. Go in the corner. Now everybody's learning. And Hazid, Rabbi Yoshua has to stand in the, in the corner over there. The rabbis were upset at Rabbi Gamliel. They felt he's too strict. He can't, he's a grown man. You're punishing a grown man like this? So Rabbi Gamliel got up to give a dirashah. In the middle of the dirashah, they made another table. Rabotai, we want to take elections. Elections. We want a new Rosh Hashiva. The rabbi is too strict. Rabbi Gamliel said, okay, they want new elections. Now they're deciding, who are we going to choose? So somebody said to me, Yoshua! He said, no, no, you can't. He's part of the dispute over here. He's no guy. You can't choose him. Rabbi Akiva! Akiva, a very good choice, but he doesn't have zikhut avot. Right, we have the best candidate, Rabbi Azam and Azariah. He has the knowledge. He has zikhut avot. He was wealthy, so he has power. Let's ask him. They went to him. He said, I'm, uh, I'm 18 years old. I'm a teenager. All these sudden, they keep over here, old men, Khatyarim, I'm a young guy. They're not going to listen to me. And don't worry, don't worry, they'll listen to you. That night he woke up. Overnight he became all white. Amar Abir Azab bin Azariah, He became like 70. His wife told him, What are you taking the job for? They got rid of Rabangam the one day they're going to get rid of you. He said, What's the difference? I wear the crown for one day. Then I'll break it. It's okay. King for a day. He told the rabbis, I accept. Now he's the Rosh Yeshiva. The Rosh Yeshiva sets the policy of the Yeshiva. Rabban Gamliel had a very strict policy. He doesn't let anybody into the Bet Midrash unless they're quality. The Gemara says, It's a very strict uh, standard to enter the Yeshiva. He said, I only accept Tochokibaro. Eh, you had to take an examination. He looks at you. And, and therefore the yeshiva was limited. That was his policy. A guy comes in with dungarees and a t-shirt and he comes in with a cell phone and he comes in with long hair. Yeah, I want to learn. Yeah, what are you going to learn over here? There's a learning over here. Get out of here learning over here. Go, 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 go play baseball. Sure, learning over here. Another guy comes in over there with the radio. A guy comes in with a, with a baseball bat and a glove. Where are you going to go? What is over? Yankee Stadium? I came to learn Torah. You learn Torah. The Torah is not for you. Go, go, go. Cross the street over there. Go, go, go fishing. That was a Bangam Liel. Very strict. 
Guy came in, dressed properly, with a hat and jacket, he has Gibbon on his end. What do you want to do? I want to learn Torah. You want to watch TV? You want to watch YouTube? No, I have no phone. Okay, come learn. That's how he did. Strict. Came to Bil Azam and Azariah when he came in the first day. He said, I'm the Rosh Hashiva now. I have a different policy. What's your policy? Laissez faire. Laissez faire. Open door. Open door policy. Whoever wants to come and learn Torah, Baruch Abba. Baruch Abba. My, my opinion is quantity. Quantity. Baruch Abba. Anybody can learn Torah. Even if he's not yet holding there, I don't care the way he dresses, the way he looks, the way. Yeah. Come learn. So they said, he's the Rosh Hashiva, he sets the policy. They told the guy at the, at the door, listen, we don't need you anymore, we don't need security. Everybody's entering, you, you come learn with us also, you can also learn now. That guy was a jet bay. they made him the security guard. And the bank said, they're a jet bay. you're going to go study Torah, stand outside, collect the shekalim, count the people, count the, count the, count the, count the, the balatot. But now, when the Bir Azabi became the president, he tells him, we have to be the security guard for, come, you can sit this year also, you accept me? But I have a gun, I have a thing. Baruch Abba, come sit and learn. The Gemara says, according to one version, they added 700 benches to the yeshiva that day. Now, I don't know how many people can fit on a bench. Maybe five on a bench? That's 3,500 Yeah, The school went from a small school to a big academy, 3,500 Talmidim extra from whatever was there. And that's how it was. There was an influx of students that were studying Torah. This was the Bil Azaz Shita. Anyway, listen to the story. Aban Gamaliel felt bad what he did to the Bir Yeshua. He felt bad. He said, you know what, let me go to his house. Let me ask him for Mehila. This is a big man, Aban Gamaliel. He's the Nasi, but he went to the Bir Yeshua to ask for forgiveness. So he tells the Bir Yeshua, I, I agonized you, I pained you. Forgive me. The Bir Yeshua says, I do not forgive you. He was hurt. And make a stand at the corner. I can't forgive the rabbi. I'm sorry. I'm hurt. So the Benjamin says, "Don't do it for me. I say leman kevod abba. Do it for my grandfather. His grandfather was Hillel. Hillel, the great rabbi. Don't do it for my honor. Do it for the honor of my grandfather." The Mishua says, "For your grandfather's sake, I cannot say no. Chabot, mahalti. I forgive you." The Benjamin says, "Baruch Hashem." He forgave me, no, no, I don't have to, I can sleep. He says, can I go back to the yeshiva and tell them that you forgave me? Says, well, I'll go with you. And they both walk into the yeshiva together, everybody says, oh, they made shalom. Oh, now we have to do something. Because we only got rid of Rabban Gamliel because of the fight. Now that he made peace, they said, let him be the Rosh Hashiva again. They said, no, we have a problem because we nominated Rabbi Al-Azhar bin Azariah. So they said, okay, get rid of Rabbi Al-Azhar and give him, give him back his job. No, you're not allowed. Ma'alim ba'kodesh, ve'en moridin. Once you nominate the rabbi, you cannot take him down. So they say, you know what? Keep Rabbi Azar there. Keep him there. And now we'll do something very, very new. We'll have two Rosh Hashivas. Two Rosh Hashivas, okay. Two salaries. Two Rosh Hashivas. That's not what paying. It's expensive already. All those new students anyway. So they want to wish you. We're going to pay for more salaries. Now you have two Rosh Hashivas. But now we have a problem. When you have two Rosh Hashivas, two rabbis in the shul, no, how do you divide the Shabbatot? The job of the rabbi on Shabbat is to give a dirasha. There's two rabbis, there's four Shabbatot. So they said, we're going to make a rotisserie. We'll make a rotation. And Rabbi Gamaliel was there first. He's older. He'll speak three Shabbatot. 
Rabbi Azar bin Azariah will speak. One. So every fourth Shabbat, Rabbi Azar bin Azariah would give a derasha. That's the story. Now let's go back to the Gemara and Hagiga. They came to visit Rabbi Yoshua, and he, he knew what was going on in the Yeshiva because it, would, he, it was his fault. The whole Mahlouk had started when the Yeshua argued on the Bangamliel, he created all the ruckus. Stand in the corner, they got the Bangamliel fired, Rabbi Azar became the. Who was responsible for Rabbi Azar becoming the, the Rosh Yeshiva? Rabbi Yeshua. God used him as the. As the Shaliyah, he was the, the, the conduit. And the Yeshua always said, in Arabic they say Nasib, it's Nasib that I was the one that did this. You know why? Listen to what he said. Yeshua said, I know from my mother what the power of Torah is. Torah can even change an infant. And if Torah can change an infant, all the more so it can change an adult. And therefore, I love Rabbi Azab bin Azariah's policy. Let everybody come to the yeshiva. Don't judge what they look like. Because let them learn Torah. And Hashem brought this change through me. Because I'm the one that lived it. My mother showed me when I was young. I didn't understand anything. And my rabbi said, And therefore, God used Rabbi Yeshua as the, as the peace, as the mover. And the shaker to change the policy to install the Bir Azab and Azariah. So on that day, when 3,500 students came, the Bir Yosho was so happy. This is the way it's supposed to be. Because you know what's going to happen? Those 3,500 quantity students will turn into quality. As long as you teach them the right Torah and give it to them before you know it, and they'll put the baseball bat down, they'll put the phone down a little, they'll become a little more. They start to make themselves look more like humans instead of animals. And they start to dress a little better. And before you know it, Surat bin Adam. But what did it? The Torah. So the Bihoshu was very happy with the Bihoshu bin Azariah. And he was happy that Hashem used him. Because who knows better than the Bihoshu? If Torah can change an infant, it can change an adult. Who understands? Now the Bihoshu became old. He became old. So he wasn't in the yeshiva for a long time. So he's wondering, I wonder if Rabbi Al-Azab bin Azab still has that policy. Does he still have that policy of letting anybody into the yeshiva? Does he, well, maybe, you know, sometimes the rabbis change their policies. So he said, who spoke this week? Shabbat Shalmihaita, who spoke? What are the choices? Either Rabbi Gamliel or Rabbi Al-Azab bin Azariah. So they told him, no, no, this was the week four. This was Rabbi Al-Azab bin Azariah. Oh, very good. Huh? He's only the chief rabbi because of me, I know. You know, he only became a chief because of me. And he, he told the story when I was there. I got into a fight with Rabbi Gamliel. They put me in the corner. They made him. He's only giving speeches because of me. I like this rabbi. When I was there, he accepted everybody to the Bit Midrash. Anyway, what was the speech today? Hakel. What did he say? You know what he said? You bring the kids to Hakel because by bringing the kids to Hakel, it'll affect them and they'll get influence and the parents will be blessed and they'll get reward. So the Yoshua said, he's still talking like that? He's still talking like that? Baruch Hashem, you gave me a margalit. That means he didn't change his thinking. He's still talking about how Torah affects even infants. How Torah even affects... Baruch Hashem, I thought maybe the policy changed. Now that you're telling me many years, I'm not here with the Shiva, margalit, tovah, veratzit, many. I'm the one that got the Bilazan president. I got him his job. 
And I felt that I was the one chosen to give him the job because my story is the story of the Bila, is that of letting anybody into the yeshiva. And now that you're telling me he's still giving that type of Torah of bring kids to the Hakakel, they'll have a benefit, even though they don't understand. The Torah will change them. <laughs> That's what Rabbi Yoshua was excited. This statement is in Margalit, that the yeshiva did not change its policy. And now my question to the members that are here tonight is the following. Great speech. Great speech. But why is it a Shabbat Shuvah speech? I mean, I didn't hear the word Teshuvah once. I didn't hear the word sin once. I mean, could you believe it? You go to a Shabbat Shuvah speech and the rabbi does not talk about Teshuvah? I mean, normally you go to a Shabbat Shuvah speech, that's the most... Common word. Hatati, aviti, pashati, marati, bagati, the aleph bet. And here a rabbi comes up, and what is he talking about? Hakel, children, bringing them to the yeshiva, learning Torah. And you know what I said to myself? Must be the Bil Azab bin Azariah knows how to give a Shabbat Shuvah speech, and we don't know how to give the speech. He knows what he's talking about. What does it mean? I will make a statement now. And I believe the statement is true. Nobody ever changed by taking their fist and banging their chest and reading the Vidui. This exercise changes nobody. To stand and just say, Hatati, Aviti, Pajati, it doesn't change the person. Yeah, but making vidui. Make vidui, teshuvah, all that good stuff, and no problem. There's only one thing that changes a person. Study Torah. Open the book. Until you open the book, you can bang your fist until it goes through your shirt and it comes out of the other side. And not going to change anybody. And you can sit with the vidui of Reb Nisim and you can make me but that teshuvah is like quicksand it doesn't do anything it's not cement it doesn't stay the only thing that brings permanent change into a person is learning and that's what the Amir Azaz said I am now going to make a speech on Parashat Vayelech this is Shabbat Shuvah and you know what I'm going to teach you you want to make change Torah can even change an infant. And if it can change an infant, it can change an adult. And therefore, you want to get closer to God? Accept upon yourself one thing. Don't worry about anything else. Accept upon yourself that you're going to come and start learning a little more Torah. Accept upon yourself that you're going to... Once you accept upon yourself that, finished. So it's, it's done. It's a matter of time. Rabbi Al-Azhar said, accept 3,500 quantity, they'll turn into quality over time. And do not worry about the external of the, of the student. In the yeshiva, you have to have an A class, a B class, and a C class. And let me tell you, as somebody that works in the yeshiva, there is no difference between the student in the A class and the student in the C class. Our Torah was not given to geniuses and was not given to brainy people and the one with the highest IQ. The Torah is given to all Jews and expose any Jew 
at any level of understanding, and already you'll start to see perot, and you'll start to see fruit, and you'll start to see flourishing. By the way, look at the Amidah. Fifth berachah in the Amidah. Atahonin is the fourth. After Atahonin is the berachah of Teshuvah. Hazakabonu, Hashivenu. How does this berachah begin? Hashivenu avinu letoratecha. What, what Toratecha? Where's the sins? Where's the sins? Mavi, Mavi Avonot. Hashivenu Toratecha? I should say, Hashivenu avinu lemitzvotecha, Hashivenu avinu me'avarot. No. The first thing is, Bring me back to the Torah. And then what does it say? Ba'azirenu b'tshuvah shalimah lefadecha. But if you're not going to come back to Torah learning, then teshuvah is impossible. It's just an exercise. An exercise in futility. And I will say even further. If I were to ask you, which day did we receive the Torah? Matan Torah. Don't tell me Shavuot. Shavuot, we received the Ten Commandments. And then Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm coming back with the rest. He came back 40 days later with the Luchot. What happened? What did he do with the Luchot? He broke them. He said, okay, listen, now we have to negotiate. He came back 80 days later with the Luchot Shediyot. Which day was that? Yom Kippur. Yom Matan Torah is Kippur. That's when we got the Torah. Don't forget that. And therefore, I ask a question. Why was God bringing the Torah on Yom Kippur? We have, it. We have a holiday already. Kippur is Yom, Me'ilahus, Di'avich, Apara. What do you have to mix it up now with Matan Torah? Because God was saying, the only way you're going to get to Me'ilahus, Di'avich, Apara is through Matan Torah. There is a direct connection between Teshuvah and Torah. And that's why the first Beracha and the Amidah is Atahonen Ladam Da'at. First you need to have Da'at Torah. And then Hashivenu. And then we make the Shuvah. Like the Pasuk says, Ulvavo Yavin Veshav Berafalo. First Ulvavo Yavin. First you have to learn. Then Veshav. Then already you make the Shuvah. And to me that's the most important speech of all. The B al Azam Azar got up and said to the people, don't worry about anything else. Except upon yourself. Now, I know I know Torah changes people. We had a guy, a Syrian guy, many years ago. He used to come to the shoot in Ahayazid. He used to sit in the front row. From the beginning of the Darash to the end, smiling from ear to ear. The guy loving the action. And listening and enjoying. After the shoot, oh I do it. After three weeks, he stopped coming. I see the guy in the street. I tell him, every, where were you? You were there every week, front row. He'd have to be honest with you. I can't come anymore. Why not? He says, I was changing. <laughs> yeah. He said, it was working. And so, so, he's like, I, I want to change. I, I, I started to get a little more religious now. I'm scared. A couple of more days, I'll be, uh, who knows what, I'll be outdated. The guy got nervous. Even a guy like this, he came and just heard it, he couldn't, couldn't control it. The Torah goes inside. So he said, I don't want to change so Okay, fine. So he stopped taking the medicine. I stopped taking the medicine, he got sick again. But if you take the medicine of Torah, it works. Now I'll conclude, because the time is late. But I have one more 
item to say that I think is important. There was a rabbi called Rav Pam. Rav Pam, alav shalom, was a Rosh Hashivah to Rav Adat. He was Sadiq Yisod Olam, this rabbi. He once got up and made a speech in 57-55. I guess that's 30 years ago. At the time, there was a lot of tragedies going on in Klai Yisrael. A lot of young people, Balatash, be dying. A lot of sick people. A lot of terrorist attacks in Israel. Almost like what's going on today. And he got up and he said, we know that Hashem loves us. But even when He loves us, He can be angry at us at the same time. And he got up and he said, Hashem is angry. And when He's angry, anything can happen. And all the rules now are suspended. And the good people are getting hit, and the, the Sadiqim are getting hit, and the, if He's angry, He's angry. So Rapam got up and turned to the congregation, he said, we need to appease our father. We need to appease. When somebody's angry, we have to appease him. I know how to appease a person who's angry at me. You sit down with him, hashibo, give him some flowers, give him chocolate, give him a, 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 a letter. You have to appease the guy. Give him some money, something. Give him a, something. So Rapam says, but how do you appease your father? He's angry. How do you appease him? And I asked the same question 30 years later. I know Hashem loves us, but he's angry. I believe he's angry. We had a rough year. A lot of Sadiqim passed away. A lot of children are sick today. This stuff. And people, that doesn't make sense. These people should live forever. So I asked the same question of Rav How do you appease God? So he answered. He said, I have the answer. I mean, the answer is incredible. He said, you remember when the brothers sold Yosef? They took him and they threw him into the pit. Whose idea was it to throw him into the pit? They were in. Why did he say throw him into the pit? His plan was to come back and pull him out and bring him home. Anyway, what happened? They threw him into the pit. The Uvin came back later to the pit to take him out, and he wasn't there. They had sold him already. The Uvin says, The child is missing. And regarding myself, Ana Aniba, where am I going to go? That she says, Where am I going to run from the pain that this is going to cause my father? When my father sees that the child is missing, it's going to cause him sa'ar. Said Rafam, when God sees his children missing, when God sees the children of this generation, Floundering, when God sees when He sees the generation is drifting away from the rules of the Torah and the mitzvot, when He sees children of that their grandparents were religious, and all of a sudden they came to America and they stop being like on Kashrut because it's vogue to eat out, and the Shabbat becomes the way they want to interpret the Shabbat. Everybody starts doing whatever they want to do, and God says says Rapam, that causes the father to have tsa'ar. When he sees he's losing his children. 
So he says the only way to cause God to be appeased is to return his children to him. To return his children to him. To bring the kids back to God. And therefore it is our responsibility during Eidan Ritcha, first of all, to learn ourselves. To bring our children back to the study of the Torah. To open the doors of the yeshiva, to accept all the children that want to come to study Torah. There should not be policy, we only accept these types. The rule follows the Bilazab Azariah. We must raise many students. But if the child is missing, then Hasbis Shalom, it causes Avinu Shabbat Shamayim, Rav Pam said, to have Sa'ar. And to me, this is the most important lesson on, on, on Shabbat Shuvah. We must return to the learning. And that's the greatest Kabbalah you can make for yourself. What we're doing here tonight is the proper, the proper preparation through Torah. Yes, we have other mitzvot, but if you're looking to do a mitzvah that will change you, if you're looking to do a mitzvah that will make you different, that will bring you closer to Hashem, is only one of a kind. The Torah brings you to devekut. It brings you to closeness and attachment. As the Mishnah says, and I conclude, when one person is sitting alone and learning Torah, Shekhinah kenegdo. What does that mean? The Shekhinah comes. It's the only mitzvah that connects you to the Shekhinah. And when you're connected to the Shekhinah, you become different. When you're attached to holiness, you become holy. And therefore, my message is the message of Rabbi Azab bin Azariah. If Torah can change an infant, it can change an adult. And Rabbi Yoshua says, that was me when I was a kid, and I was the domino, I was the piece that Hashem used in order to make a change in the yeshiva in Yavne, to appoint Abil Azab bin Azariah, and I'm glad he's still talking about it many years later, about Hakel and bringing children. Hashivenu avinu letoratecha, and only then, ba'azirenu b'tshuva shileman efanecha. And I, I pray that Be'azat Hashem, this will be a year of Periyav Rivyahu Torah. It'll be a fruitful year, not only in Parnassah. I believe this year will be a good Parnassah year also. Even though the economists think differently, my opinion is, Tavshin Pegima, Rashi Tevot, Teher Shana, Parnassah Gedola. Tavshin Pegima. So I'm not worried about the Parnassah. But we didn't come to talk about this Parnassah. We talk about the Chush Gadol. The real Chush Gadol is the Torah. We recommit ourselves not only to support it. Support is easy. To write a check, uh, writing a check is easy. That you can do under the covers. I'm talking about where you commit yourself to open a sefer, and then Be'azat Hashem will start to see real change. And as a result of that, we'll fulfill the message of our great rabbi, the oldest Shabbat Shuvah speech in history. Kedeh liten sachar de mevi'eh. Skudah shalim rabot.